You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we're going to be talking about jimmy smith back at the chicken shack in the room i have rob hey ben hey and john hey uh back at the chicken shack is an album by jazz organist jimmy smith released in 1963 on the blue note record label uh produced by alfred lyon smith the genre is jazz slash soul recorded during the same session as his previous album album Midnight Special, Back at Chicken Shack, helped popularize the Hammond B3 electric organ as a jazz and blues instrument. The Leslie speaker produced a distinctive sound, including percussive clicks when each key was struck. Along with Kenny Burrell on guitar, Donald Bailey on drums, and Stanley Turrentine, tenor saxophonist, Smith's virtuoso improvisation techniques, the album reached a new peak of funky soul jazz that all other challengers of the genre would have to live up to. Uh, what did we think at <clears throat> Back at the Chicken Shack? It's smooth. Yeah, it was great. I, I really liked it a lot. Um, again, I'm not, yeah, I've said it before, I don't like jazz, but uh, <laughs> surprise. Uh, but this, uh, it, was, it was nice. And I think probably adding in that soul element was what I needed. Yeah, um, I... I, I go back and forth. Um, I liked a lot of it. Some of it I found redundant, but that's just that's me. Um, I, it, it ver- that is an interesting fact, though. The uh, the B- like this is the first B three that's popped up since we started listening, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like that. It's just inserting that like oh yeah church mm-hmm. like into yeah. it, um, and and yeah, like that that's gonna be all over the place. Like if, if this is actually one of the first examples of a B3 being used in uh, this type of music, like, or at least recorded with this type of music, it absolutely had a very gigantic influence on what was to come. Yeah. uh, Just a few years down the road. I was, uh, I was reading about it and, uh, the B3 was brand new, uh, and relatively compact. It's a church organ. You can fit it on a truck. Have you ever carried one? Oh, I have. The fucking I, worst. I think I've carried one with you. But, but compared to the organ that is at a hockey rink or the organ sure. that is in a church, it is relatively mobile. Mm-hmm. And it had just come out and... I guess Jimmy Smith was one of the first, if not the first, guy to use this church organ and his soul jazz combo, and as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, no, it did so smooth. Um, the uh, I really, really, really like the interplay between the uh, the drummer and the saxophonist. They they have a thing, yeah, that works really, really well. Um, 
Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say the uh, title track's the, the standout of it, and everything else is kind of occasionally cool, but for me, a little meandering. Yeah, I felt like it was meandering at, uh, a lot of the time. Um, it just didn't grab me for some reason. I don't know if it's just the sound of the mm-hmm. organ, but for some reason, it just it just kind of was there. It wasn't bad at all. I mean, it, he's a great player, you can tell, but it's something about that organ that just doesn't capture my attention oh, yeah. um, well, it, a it, lot of the time. It's not screaming yet. Like the this is this is so church compared to what the the B3 is known for a little bit later. Like yeah. when they open that thing up like, like a few a year or two later with Booker T. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And then from there you get into the psychedelic bands that start to use it. And but the thing that I thought was impressive, even though the songs, like you're right, Birch, they're not they don't reach out and grab you. They're yeah. not particularly uh, uh, noteworthy on their own necessarily. But for me, you know, I, I don't know that much about organ music or anything like that. So I started to look into it and I realized, you know, there's an entire set of keys you play with your feet. Like, not just the few pedals you have on a piano. I mean, you've got, I don't know, like, almost a, a, a full keyboard at your feet, and you've got the keyboard at your hands, and you can pull out different stops to make it sound like different instruments. So, you know, there's no bass guitar on this album. That's him playing bass with his feet while he plays yeah. the rest the, with his hands. Does have a full octave with the feet? Uh, at least. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the pedals on a piano just dampen the notes that you're playing with your hands. With uh, the organ, you know, you got a whole octave to play with your feet, at least. Yeah, so it says that the drawbar setting most commonly associated with Smith is to pull out the first three drawbars on the B present at the top manual of the organ. And that sort of, uh, with added harmonic percussion on the third harmonic, and that tone has been emulated by tons of jazz organists since Smith. So, so you can't crack that code. Yeah, it seems like he was... Uh, an originator of of kind of a tone, a certain sound, and I have, I kind of applaud him for that's cool of, of that, and maybe that's enough. So um, when but, when you're thinking of like like the B three tone, you're te- you are technically thinking of the tone of a B three, but you're specifically thinking to the combination of pull stops that that Jimmy Smith started yeah, using. Yeah, yeah, it's for this this kind of tone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, hmm. that's neat. The only yeah, the other thing is, uh, I think a part of it too is I'm, I'm a little inundated with uh, the organ sound of of almost being like waiting music or mm-hmm. almost being like a, a, a more melodic like, kind of uh, ambient music. It's and like intermission music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I, so to hear the, the ball game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that plays into my own prejudice of just here having you know having to hear it. Um, and, and at parts too, I don't, 
I almost wish there was a piano to offset some of, of the his playing because he's such a good player, but it's like having the the press and and how how it responds, you know, almost like how he's he's putting the keys down. It there's like a delay there, you know, for an organ, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's almost almost gurgly sometimes where he gets into the more advanced like hitting a bunch of notes yeah. am i right a, about that attack yeah, yeah yeah i think that's something that kind of i don't find as engaging as someone who would be playing piano and that's true doing that uh final take i guess i the entire album was enjoyable to listen to it did just kind of fade into my background a little bit like it was nice to have on while i was doing stuff but I found even the even when I would like just try okay now I'm gonna sit down and listen to this record you know my mind would be wandering it 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 like inherently became background music for me yeah and I don't think that's a bad I thing it, I enjoyed it I mean a lot of people say that the mu- music especially in movies that you don't notice it if you don't notice the music that's that's a good thing because it means that the music isn't standing out you know um, to to your enjoyment you know. But at the same time, uh, I don't know. I, I I struggle with this one because part of me is like, this is really cool. This is a cool, you know, mm-hmm. putting that organ in, putting kind of a soul twist on it, and the play interplay is yeah. You're right. It's it's yeah, good. The the, but the, the 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 drummer and the saxophonist have a very special relationship with the uh, yeah with the way they're working off of each other. Like the the drummer will actually like institute a little like extra beat that the the saxophonist immediately like picks up on and then they just like go back and forth which is is fun that's you know? cool stuff yeah but uh ultimately i you know i take it or leave it yeah the uh, cover is cool the, yeah. the cover the is cool. Great. yeah <laughs> in a in a in noticeably different from other jazz album covers of the day where it's like the dude stoic on like a minimalistic cover yeah. And there's like Jimmy Smith, like sitting with his chickens and his dog. Well, it's almost like a like a soul cover, you yeah. know. And this is, and you know, that's a good thing. He's he's kind of bridging that gap of of being a, a soul player and everything. Where is Jimmy Smith based out of? He is originally um, from Pennsylvania. Hmm. Huh. Like Philadelphia? The Delta or like, Pennsylvania. Like rural. <laughs> uh, Norristown. It's like middle, I think. Okay. Yeah, taught himself to play piano when he was nine. Uh, Smith won the Philadelphia Radio Talent Contest as a boogie-woogie pianist. Nice. <laughs> it's near Philly. Norristown's okay. near Philly. Um, I do remember his discography being very extensive. I mean, so many albums. Just 
I don't even know how many albums. It looks like sixty. Yeah, this is this, is, this 50, is his twenty fifth album. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> In four years. So <laughs> before this, he had to like go to a church to hear him. I guess. Well, well, part of part of me too is wondering, you know, because he w- recorded this at the same time as Midnight Special, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm almost wondering. And I don't know this for sure, but this is just me, you know, coming up with something in my brain. I'm almost wondering if they come and it's like they're already in a session and he's like, I'm going to record with this organ and we're going to make, you know, we're going to make an album while I'm in the studio. It almost feels that way, you know, almost feels like they... That actually brings up a good question. Is there no B3 on Midnight Special, which was recorded at the same time as this? Good question. Which one, like, which one can I credit with introducing the B3, you know? Uh, making it popular is definitely back at the Chicken Shack. Okay. But, good question. I don't know if there's any organ on... It says he plays the organ in Midnight Special. I don't know if it's the B3 organ. Yeah. Right. But it's the same session as this one, so you'd imagine he'd use the same organ. Unless, like, you know, they delivered it at 2 p.m. Like, here's <laughs> your new B3, fresh off the B3 line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got he's been playing organ prior to this on a bunch of stuff. So I mean, because the the B three came out in fifty four, and this is the B three did. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. is this is sixty something. So I don't know if he's been playing the B three for that whole period of time, but it was relatively new, but not actually new. Yeah, um, it didn't just come. Right. I guess it wasn't. Man, to be a off. be a B three salesman, <laughs> just. Little fedora on, <laughs> knocking on church doors. <laughs> Would you have your salesman sample tiny B3 organ? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a real thing. Just like a half, half, half <laughs> octave little thing. <laughs> your suitcase, Leslie. <laughs> so I guess there was sort of a precursor to Jimmy Smith, a gentleman by the name of Wild Bill Davis, who was an organist that I guess kind of Jimmy Smith wanted to emulate. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it says electric organs been used before in jazz. Fats Waller, Count Basie, Wild Bill Davis, and others. Um, but this this was kind of the uh, set the bar. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, it, like we talked about, it established to use this that sound. organ to sound like this. Yeah, yeah, with the Leslie speaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the Leslie the rotating one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it the yeah. only one that we know that rotates? I mean, when you talk about a big I think old so. rotating yeah. organ, speaker, as far as I know, that's the only. Yeah, pairing. So cool. Yeah, that pairing is kind of classic. Yeah, I mean, as far as like, would I say someone must listen to this record? No, I would. I, I definitely wouldn't put it as a must listen. I get important the historical record. significance. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad the... that a whole bunch of other people listened to this record and made organ rock and soul songs throughout yeah. the next four decades. Yeah, sure. yeah, you know? yeah. So. I guess that's a maybe. Yeah, other, <laughs> other than its historical significance, I'd I'd give it a pass. But it's it's enjoyable to listen to. Mm-hmm. I just won't go out and buy it. First track, totally fine. Yeah. You can you can turn it off after the first track. Uh, that's <laughs> all. You if, I, if I'm flipping through a dusty bin and I see one for under ten bucks, I'll I'll snag it. Sure. Yeah, it's a dusty bin. Yeah. You're a dusty bin. I'm a dusty bin. <laughs> it's definitely it definitely puts you in a mood too. It's a certain mood. To go roller skating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To help sweep up the chairs at an old ball game. Yep. <laughs> to take someone out to a ball game. <laughs> Ice cream social. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. How many over the sweaters does this get rubbed? <laughs> <laughs> Half. 
Now, at Ice Cream Social, I think the parents are there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, there, there's no over the sweater here. This is... Uh, great. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Next time, we'll be talking about Muddy Waters at Newport, 1960. Thanks, guys. Thank you.